Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive-compulsive, press 1 repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press 2 for you. If you have multiple personalities, press 3, 4, 5, and 6. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press 7 and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you are depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no one will answer you. If you are dyslexic, press 69696969. If you have a nervous disorder, please fidget with the hash key until the beep. After the beep, please wait for the beep. If you have a short-term memory loss, please try your call again later. And if you have low self-esteem, hang up. All our operators are too busy to talk to you. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. I was in my early 40s With a lot of life before me When a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days Looking at the x-rays and Talking about the options And talking about sweet time I asked him when it sank in this might really be the real end How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what you do? And he said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a bull named Blumanji And I looked deeper And I spoke sweeter And I And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you'd like to find out uh, all about what programming is available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon Television Channel on SimulTV, visit simultv.com. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Mark Anthony, Psychic Explorer. He's also known as the Psychic Lawyer. Now, Mark is a fourth-generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He is an Oxford-educated attorney licensed to practice law in Florida, Washington, D.C., and before the United States Supreme Court. Now, the Psychic Explorer travels to mystical locations in remote corners of the world to examine ancient mysteries and supernatural phenomenon. Mark appears nationwide on TV and radio, including CBS TV's The Doctors and Gaia TV's Beyond Belief with George Nury. He is the co-host of The Psychic and The Doc on Transformation Network. 
Now, he's a featured speaker at conferences, expos, and universities, which include Brown, Columbia, Harvard, and Yale. Mark is a columnist for Best Life Holistic Magazine. I'm sorry, it's the... <clears throat> It's the Best Holistic Life Medicine magazine, and he's the author of The Afterlife Frequency. His other best-selling books are Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. Welcome, Mark, to the show. And Mark, welcome back to the Exxon. Long time no talk. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be here. I always enjoy our time together. Uh, tell me, Mark, since you and I last talked, uh, I think it's, what, over nearly two years ago, just before COVID it, hit. It was just at the dawn of uh, the COVID pandemic, because yeah. I remember that was our last show, because at that time, um, you know, we were all so uncertain about everything. Yeah. And I remember that uh, the Exxon Studios had to be closed down because they were disinfecting it. And this was before we all, any had any vaccines or really any defense. So, yeah, it's been it's been almost two years, Rob. My goodness. And, and how have you been? What's new with you over these past two years? Oh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, like you indicated, I'm now co-hosting a show called The Psychic and the Doc with mm -hmm. my co-host, Dr. Pat Basilia, world-renowned uh, psychologist, and I've uh, been working on my new book, The Afterlife Frequency, which launched Tuesday, October 12th. It's on sale worldwide. And you know, Rob, um, I I'm, I'm really humbled by, by the reception. It's already hit bestseller status on Amazon. Fantastic. I, I was notified recently that it has been submitted for a Pulitzer Prize. So it's like, you know, and, and then Captain Kirk went into space uh, today. So yep. really, um, it doesn't get any better than this. Um, but you must have known it was going to be submitted for a Pulitzer because you're a psychic. Well, you know, it's you can't read for yourself. Oh, yeah. And okay. uh, so somebody obviously thought enough of it to, to submit it. And so, you know, if that person's listening, thank you very much. I'm I'm honored. All right. So this book came out yesterday. It was launched uh, yesterday or the 12th. Yeah, well, yesterday was the 12th. Already a number one bestseller. What is this book about that makes it so popular and makes it something that everybody wants? The Afterlife Frequency, the subtitle of the book is The Scientific Proof of Spiritual Contact and How That Awareness Will Change Your Life. And what... What this is, Rob, this book has been years in the making because traditionally the different forms of spirit communication, whether it's through a medium or let's say somebody has a dream and mm -hmm. they receive a visitation from a loved one and they know that it was a real contact because, you know, it, it's real. Uh, it, it feels real. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Near-death experiences, uh, very widely uh, documented worldwide, shared death experiences, deathbed visions. All of these are different forms of what I have termed interdimensional communication. In other words, it's communication between us in our world, our material world dimension, and spirits. But traditionally, Rob, all these different forms of spirit communication have been treated as separate phenomena. I don't, because I've been studying these for years, and there's common denominators between all of them. They all involve alignment of frequency between this world and what I call the afterlife frequency, the other side. They all involve energy, and they all involve um, communication with with spirits. So I'm, I've gone ahead and explained this logically, because... I believe, and 
I think any rational, intelligent person understands that there is an explanation for everything. Right. Yeah, th- th- there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And this, for me, came when I was about eight years old. My father was a, a NASA engineer. Before that, he'd been a Navy SEAL. And I remember I just loved what he did. He, he worked with the space program. He, you know, he knew astronauts. I mean, I just thought my dad was the coolest guy ever. And we were looking at the stars one night, and he, you know, we were talking about you know, infinity. You know, that's a pretty heavy concept for an eight-year-old, but I was doing my best. And he said that, Mark, there are no mysteries. There are only questions for which we do not yet have the answer. But if you put enough research, enough funding, and enough dedication, eventually you're going to find the answer, even if we don't have the scientific technology yet to detect it. And that really stuck with me, Rob. I can understand why, but and and from that moment where your dad was talking to you at the age of eight years old, how did you get to be the the psychic lawyer, or as you're now known as the, um, let me see, the psychic, psychic explorer? explorer. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. The media keeps coming up with various nicknames for me. They they've nicknamed me both the psychic lawyer and the psychic explorer. These abilities, the ability to perceive spirits, runs in my family. My dad had these abilities, as did my mother, and she was a commercial illustrator and a fashion designer and an artist. So, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they were running around wearing turbans saying, you know, I will read your palm because, you know, that wasn't us. Right. Um, But these run for generations. Mm -hmm. I've tracked these abilities on both sides of the family back into the 1890s. Uh, my mother's family emigrated from Italy, and her grandmother, my maternal great-grandmother, whose name was Giovanna, was known, Rob, in Little Italy in New York City and in North New Jersey as the woman who knew things. In fact, PBS did a special in 2016 on the Italian-Americans. It was a four-hour special. It was two nights. They actually did an entire segment on on Giovanna, and they referenced her psychic abilities. And I'll, I'll never forget watching this on TV, and I'm calling my siblings, and I'm calling my cousins. We're all calling and texting each other like, oh, my God, you know, th- this is this is uh, what they're talking about. And then on the flip side of the karmic coin, my dad's family couldn't possibly be more different from them. <laughs> they were very conservative, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant Baptists, from Pennsylvania, but my father, (laughs) his sister, Marjorie, his mother, Isabel, and my maternal grandmother, uh, paternal grandmother, Grace, were all mediums. So, so, you know, this just says, in my DNA. All right, Mark, stand by. You and I have to take our first break for uh, tonight. Explanation. I'm sorry, I'm battling this darn summer cold. My special guest this hour is Mark Anthony. He's known as the Psychic Lawyer, the Psychic Explorer. And if you'd like to find out more about Mark, visit his website at www.afterlifefrequency.com. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays, talking about the options, and talking about sweet times. Asked him when it sank in that this might really be the real end. How's it hit you? 
when you get that kind of news, man, what you do? Welcome back, everyone. Mark Anthony is my special guest this hour. He is known as J.D., the psychic explorer. He's also known as the uh, psychic lawyer, the psychic explorer. Wow. How do you keep your name straight, my friend? (laughs) Well, what it is, um, the media labeled me as the psychic lawyer. Then they labeled me as the psychic explorer. And so, you know, I had a meeting with, with my manager and my, my, uh, publicist and one of my producers. And so we decided to combine everything. Mark Anthony, JD, psychic explorer, because JD is Juris Doctorate, which is my law degree. Uh, so, so we tried to, to put that uh, all together and, you know, certainly, you know, growing up as a medium with psychic parents, my childhood was unconventional, to say the least. And even though I went to to law school in my free time, ever since I've been a teenager, I have traveled to very many remote and unusual places in the world because of my fascination with archaeology and ancient mysteries and supernatural phenomenon. So all of this is goes into my latest book, The Afterlife Frequency, because I'm explaining various forms of spirit communication and also the historical basis. You know, for example, Rob, a near-death experience, mm-hmm. you know, people think of that as, oh, well, you know, sort of a, um, a recent phenomenon, but they've been documented for thousands of years. And actually, in ancient Greece, um, Plato wrote in his Republic, he calls it the the story of Ur, and uh, there was a Greek warrior, Ur, E-R, and he is killed in battle, and then his body's put on a funeral pyre, and just as they're about to light the funeral pyre, because that's what the ancient Greeks did, they would burn their their, um, uh, their warriors' bodies, he comes back to life, and he begins to tell everyone about going into this light, and encountering deceased loved ones, and he actually makes references to reincarnation and all these other things that were not part of the ancient Greek religion. And so it is looked at that Ur in in many people, many of us who are near-death researchers, Mm -hmm. we think that Ur actually may have been Plato, that he may have been writing about his own experience, And then you have in uh, the first book of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul uh, writes that, I know a a man in Christ who was caught up in the third heaven, whether it was in this world or the other world, I don't know, but God knows. And so 
this is looked at because in in the Bible there's three different levels to heaven. Um, the first level is the sky, the second is the stars, the third is the realm of God. And so essentially he's saying that there's a man who got caught up in the third heaven and then came back. And it is widely believed by near-death experience researchers that uh, the Apostle Paul was writing of an account of a near-death experience. And I could go on and on and on about that. But in the last 50 years since uh, Dr. Raymond Moody developed the term near-death experience, because before that, you know, there was these resurrections, you know, like like uh, Ur, like Paul, like all these other uh, people who died, then came back to life with these incredible stories of traveling through a tunnel into a white light, uh, encountering deceased loved ones, encountering the divine power uh, that you and I might call God. And nobody knew quite what to call it. So Dr. Moody referred to it and coined the phrase near-death experience. Because a full-blown death experience, you're not coming back, but in near death, you, you, your, your vibrational frequency ascends from this world to touch the other other side dimension, the afterlife frequency. So it's it's all very fascinating to be able to study this, and and I have firsthand account of uh, NDE having had one myself when I was around four years old. And the other fascinating thing is I discovered as I got older that both of my parents had near-death experiences. My dad had two and my mother had one. Um, She died on an operating table. My dad, when he was 16, was in a car accident really bad. And he said the next thing he knows, he's about 30, 40 feet like hovering above it and he sees all these people working on his body and he feels this floating sensation. And he said, wow, I feel great. And he said, I, I must be dead. I feel so free. And he said, this light appeared and said, it is not your time. You must go back. And so then 10 years, probably more than that, probably about 15 years later, after he was out of the Navy, he was a scuba diver. And so he was uh, scuba diving off the coast of New Jersey, and he was at 150 feet deep in the water. It's about 45 meters or so, and all of a sudden his regulator jammed, Ooh, and he began good. sucking water. And he said, you know, he was he said, Mark, I was drowning, and he said, all of a sudden there was the light again and that beautiful feeling, and he heard the voice, and the voice said, "It's not your time, Earl. You have to go back." And, and my dad said, you know, Mark, in those days, when a regulator jammed, that was it. There was no backup. There was no uh, emergency plan. It was I was 150 feet deep. I should have died. He says, I don't know how. I don't know why. But that regulator started working, and I was able to, to breathe air. And uh, then my mother died on an operating table, and uh, she went into the light and encountered her father um, her aunt and uh, Giovanna, and they too told her it was not her time to come back. So my entire life, I've been surrounded not only by people who see spirits, but also by people who have had near-death experiences. So I think that goes to why I'm so open to this and why mm-hmm. I want to study it, and that's why I wrote a book. 
uh, about it, explaining this on the basis of science. But the thing is, and this is a spoiler alert for all of your listeners, please do not expect a dry technical treatise. No way am I going to do that to anybody. I <laughs> suffered through enough boring books in law school and boring books in the practice of law, you know, reading legal opinions written by judges with, you know, sharp legal minds, but no skill whatsoever from writing anything that makes you want to stay interested. And I swore I would never do that to my to to my readers. So I explain these scientific concepts in in easy to understand language and then illustrate them with stories, real life stories that either through my experiences or other people that that I've encountered to illustrate and explain the practical application of the scientific uh, explanations that mm -hmm. I present in the afterlife frequency. So, so, Mark, when it comes to the the frequency, is there a way to to uh, modify the frequency so that the frequency actually meets the paranormal frequency for a better for a lack of better words? There is. And the basis for understanding that is I developed the term the electromagnetic soul. And that explains what we really are, which is pure consciousness that is eternal electromagnetic energy. Let me give you a quick explanation of that. Neuroscience is the study of the human brain. Right. As we know that the brain has an electrical field, a quantum yeah. electrical field. Um, electricity is electromagnetic energy. So is light, so is gamma rays, x-rays, infrared, microwaves, uh, radio waves. They're all different forms of electromagnetic energy. They all move at the speed of light. We know from the laws of physics that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. In the realm of, of faith, every great belief system, whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Native Americanism, you can go on and on and on. The belief is that the soul, who and what we are, our consciousness, pre-exists the body, comes into the body, and then when the body dies, leaves the body. And because it's pure energy, it's neither created nor destroyed, only transferred. So I developed this term, the electromagnetic soul, and it's already being accepted in the scientific community. Um, the scientist who wrote the foreword to my book, Dr. Gary Schwartz, uh, he, he called me up when he was uh, endorsing the book, and he goes, Mark, I love it. He said, I, I was working on a theory on this about 20 years ago, the electrical dynamical um, interface between the mind body system he goes you pegged it very concisely electromagnetic soul that's it i'm using it we're calling it the ems, the <laughs> so, EMS. I love so i'm it. very very honored uh that the science community has been very receptive to this book all right stand by mark you and i have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour with the news and explanation our very special guest this hour is mark anthony jd the psychic explorer visit his website at www.afterlifefrequency.com and Mark and I will return as we continue this investigation into the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here on the Exxon coming to you around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network Mutual Broadcast Network Exxon Broadcast Network and independent radio affiliates around the world this is I remember. 
Welcome back, everyone. Our guest this hour is Mark Anthony, JD, the psychic lawyer, uh, psychic explorer. I'll get it right yet. Try this again. Mark Anthony, JD, the psychic explorer. His website is afterlifefrequency.com. You know, Mark, um, a lot of paranormal investigators that we talk to here on the Exxon use EMF detectors, electromagnetic frequency detectors, during their investigations. And they say that they can tell when there's a spirit or a ghost in the area by the way the electromagnetic, uh, the EMF detector reacts. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that that's also part of uh, the reason that I developed the term the electromagnetic soul, because, mm. what, Rob, when you look at all the paranormal investigation equipment, they all scan the EMF band. Some are infrared scanners. Mm -hmm. Some are EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. Then there's the spirit box, which scans radio waves, which are electromagnetic energy. Um, some look for ultraviolet anomalies. Um, so it's, it's really fascinating because it all comes down to the EMF band. And... You know, Thomas Edison believed back in the 1920s that he could create a device sensitive enough to communicate with discarnate intelligence. That's what he explained it in meaning a spirit. In fact, he was interviewed in a number of magazines, Scientific American being one of them. And unfortunately, he died before he was able to to um, complete his work on that project. And currently, Dr. Gary Schwartz, who also wrote the foreword for the Afterlife Frequency, he's working on a project now called uh, the Soul Phone. 
And it's fascinating because I've been in his laboratory at the University of Arizona to see it. And unfortunately, you know, I had to sign an NDA non-disclosure agreement, so I'm not at liberty to discuss what I saw. But all I can say is, wow. <laughs> so um, the science is there. But um, in the interim between those two, we have this these different types of paranormal investigation equipment which are scanning emf looking for electromagnetic energy spikes because those that is what a spirit is right well didn't thomas edison work on a phone that could uh, connect with the dead well that yeah that's that's uh, what he called what the well actually the media called it the spirit phone mm -hmm. so he was working on that but unfortunately he died before he could complete his work on it fascinating so where do you see your research going? Uh, you know, you've got the book coming out. Uh, how are you furthering the, the investigation into the, the frequency connection between the different realities? And uh, it, uh, does the frequency also affect other dimensions? It does. And that, that's one of the aspects that I delve into in the afterlife frequency. I talk about space-time mm -hmm. where... Uh, with quantum physics, you know, when, when people hear the term quantum physics, they want to turn and run. Um, but it really is the basis for everything, because we all know from from science that everything's made of molecules, yeah. which are made of atoms, which are made of smaller particles known as electrons, protons and neutrons, which in turn are made of the smallest particle, which is quantum and quantum is electromagnetic energy. Now, technically, an electron is a quantum because an electron is one eighteen hundredth the size of a of a uh, neutron and a proton. So, on the most basic level, Rob, everything is electromagnetic energy. That means you, me, the air we're breathing, the radio waves that this show is being broadcast on the chairs that we're sitting in, everything on the subatomic level is the same electromagnetic energy. But we also know from quantum physics that everything has a different vibration. And so the vibration of a chair is certainly much lower than your vibration because you're a living organism. And that when we die, the electromagnetic soul in our body is like a drop of water. It leaves the brain. Okay, the brain just hosts the EMS. It doesn't create it. The EMS leaves the brain and plunges into this eternal sea of consciousness, what I call the collective consciousness. And your question is, well, what can we do to raise the vibration? So everything has different vibrations. And when we are able to raise our vibrational frequency and spirits are able to spot that and they bring theirs down, you get a frequency match. I think the easiest way to, to, to visualize this is think of our world as AM radio and the spirit world as FM radio, higher frequency modulation, FM. And so there are two independent systems they both involve frequency, they both involve vibration, they both involve energy, and there are times when the frequencies between the two dimensions overlap and align, and that is when we engage in spirit communication, whether it's a near-death experience, shared death, deathbed vision, through a medium, 
or a visitation. Now, would this also be applicable to the sighting of UFOs and other aspects of the paranormal? It, I believe that it does. Um, I've interviewed, like I know you have, several UFO experts on, on my show. Mm-hmm. And um, I interviewed Dr. John Alexander. Um, he was a colonel, U.S. military, special forces. And he was head of the U.S. Um, Army's UFO project. And it's really fascinating when he explained, he said that UFOs are more complicated than cancer. He said that there's no one easy answer to it, but they are real. Now we know because, you know, the Pentagon and and the U.S. military and other other countries have come out and said UFOs are real. And then I love it. They stick the caveat, but we don't know what it is. Yeah, they, they, they have a good idea. But what Dr. Alexander explained to me, is that he said a UFO is not a tin can flying through space for a thousand years. They have figured out how to warp space time. Mm-hmm. And this, yes, we've all heard of Star Trek and, and uh, warp speed, but it's a, a, a real theory that you can generate an energy field strong enough to create a fold in space time so that you are able to jump dimensions from one coordinate to the next in the blink of an eye. And this has been theorized by quantum physicists, in, in, in obviously in our world, and the big question is getting up the enough energy to do this. So these UFOs, which I think they're now calling UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, you know, tomato, tomato, um, this alien technology is such that they're able to warp space-time, which is something that you know Albert Einstein theorized a century ago. So this is all very fascinating. And dealing with spirits, they are an interdimensional being, but perhaps these UFOs are an interdimensional being, not necessarily spiritual, sure. but just in the, the fact that they're able to traverse these tremendous distances, not by violating the laws of physics, but by operating within the laws of physics. Now, now, Mark, as a medium, have you been able to communicate with the other side and try and work out an experiment where the other side would meet this side by matching frequencies? Well, that's what I do. That's why what I call um, mediumship is okay. interdimensional communication. We have five different types of brain waves. We have uh, gamma, which is ultra high frequency. That's like, you know, when you're cramming and uh, working on a calculus problem. Um, you know, this is, you know, think Elon Musk, Matt Amodio, Ken Jennings. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that's gamma. That's gamma. And then uh, when we're in the conscious awake state, we're in beta. When you go into a meditative and relaxed state, your, your brainwave frequency shifts to alpha. And then when you go to a deep dream-filled state, that's theta. Uh, the the next state is delta. All that's, right, we're gonna have to. Um, I'm gonna have to hold yeah. you off here, Mark. Okay, because well, I, we'll we'll carry this sure. through the next segment. All right, Exonation. If you'd like to contact uh, Mark, or if you'd like to find out more about the work he's doing, visit his website www.afterlifefrequency.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Mark Anthony. J.D., the Psychic Explorer, and I will be back on the other side of this break. So whatever you do, don't go away.
Exonation, our guest this hour is Mark Anthony, JD the Psychic Explorer. We're talking to Mark about Afterlife Frequency this hour. And if you'd like to find out more about Afterlife Frequency, visit Mark's website at afterlifefrequency.com. All right, Mark, before we went to the break, you were just telling us about the different um, frequencies, I guess. The different states, yeah? Yeah, we have five different types of brainwave frequencies, gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Long story short, it's on the alpha-theta border between the meditative and dream sleep that psychic and mediumistic activity occurs. And spirits are able to spot this. And so that's why um, the most common form of spirit communication is in the dream state. And you know the difference between a dream and a visitation because a visitation in the sleep state feels real. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and when you come out of it, you're convinced of its reality. And people don't have the social stigma of saying, you know, I I talk to my father in a dream that they would, you know, if they walk into work and say, you know, this morning when I was shaving, I saw my my dad standing there in in the the door of the bathroom, Um, you know, my dad's spirit. Because for centuries, for thousands of years, uh, dreams have been an accepted form of spirit communication. And so that is an alignment between mm-hmm. our brainwave, uh, our EMS, and the vibrational frequency of the afterlife frequency. And the thing is that for some reason, people like me can do this voluntarily and while we're in the conscious state because normally to get to the alpha theta border it takes a couple hours in the sleep state and uh, neuroscientists uh, and people who study mediums we're still not sure why that is um, but we do know that the pineal gland in the brain uh, controls our brainwave frequencies regulates our ability to perceive light controls our circadian rhythms and that the pineal gland has both calcite and uh, magnetite crystals in it. So in a sense, we have a radio station inside of our head, an electromagnetic field. So it all is about tuning into frequency. Yes, scientists are working on devices to communicate with spirits, but until then, we are the technology. We are the technology. That is, you know, the the example that you used about the crystal radio makes so much sense. Is it possible, it, Mark, that we've been looking for a complicated answer to the the paranormal or the afterlife, and yet the answer has been in front of us all this time? That, that's a really good point, Rob. And, and you know, I've, I'm interviewed a lot, and I've never had it put so succinctly. So kudos. That That's great. Yeah, it's, it has been in front of us the whole time. I mean, think about it. The first radio was mm-hmm. a piece of quartz crystal with copper wire running low levels of electricity through it. And I'm still using it today. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that's what's going on inside of our brain. We have these um, the, the very sophisticated pineal gland, which is mystified uh, biologists and... and uh, scientists for over a century now people have been studying the pineal gland because it's a little bit bigger than a grain of rice yet it does so many different complex uh, functions and it's it is what enables us to tune into these ultra high frequencies which are the other side 
All right. So where do we go from here? Where do we, you know, what's the next step in, in the research and how do we, how do we prove once and for all that it is a frequency thing and that by matching frequencies, we can actually prove the existence of the paranormal. I think we're well on our way. We've got 50 plus years now under our belt of survival of consciousness, mm -hmm. afterlife studies, near-death experience research. And the big criticism of a near-death experience is that it is a subjective experience. And also the, the, um, the skeptics say that, yeah, but when the pineal gland degrades, it produces a chemical called DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which is essentially a hallucination. And DMT can be synthesized, and when people are on a DMT trip, they have a, a sense that it's spiritual and it feels like you're floating. Mm -hmm. What it doesn't do is it doesn't take you on a journey through a tunnel into the light. It doesn't enable you to perceive spirits of people who have passed, and it doesn't give you veridical perception. Now, what I mean by that, veridical perception, is verifiable details that you could not possibly have known. For example, there was a woman in Japan, and she died on an operating table, and she was resuscitated. Her parents were there uh, when she was uh, revived, and she began to explain her near-death experience to her parents and to the surgeon and the medical staff. And she said, but it was so strange because... I went into this light and I saw my sister, but that cannot be for she is alive. And her parents broke down crying and said, well, you didn't know this, but your sister was killed in a car accident last night. Oh, my God. So if this is a byproduct of a dying brain, how would it be that the brain is perceiving something that wasn't in it? In other words... She didn't know her sister died. Yeah. So why would she see the spirit of her sister in the light? And that's just one of thousands of examples um, that are proving that there is an existence beyond this one. We are, we meaning uh, those of us who are researching uh, near-death experiences and consciousness, it's simply a matter of time before we develop the technology sophisticated enough to tune in directly to the afterlife frequency. What is this going to do once we establish beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can communicate with spirits and they can communicate through us and that the afterlife is real? What is this going to do to, to religious philosophies around the world? I think it's going to modify them. Um, you know, a lot of people are resistant to this because they want—see, people confuse God with religion. Mm -hmm. Religions, for the most part, were created by men for men to subjugate women and keep men in power, and they were developed during the Iron Age. Now, I know that sounds uh, facetious, but, no, but it's let's true. get past that. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But but the, the basic, basic teachings of all religion are about peace, love, and understanding— it's when political leaders get hold of them and begin using them for moral justification for their objectives, then it turns into our way is the only way and, and your way is wrong, so you know, we'll invade your country and kill you because you don't believe in this. Right. Okay, I think that when we finally develop this technology, it's going to modify these religions to get back to peace, love, and understanding. 
And I, for one, maybe I'm an incurable optimist, but I think that it's going to bring a new enlightenment to this world to realize that we're just living in the material world for now and that we'd better clean up our act here before it's too late. Well, maybe that's what the end of the world, the apocalypse is really about. It's not the end of the physical world. It's the end of the old way of thinking and a rebirth of a new of a new spiritual understanding where we can live all together in peace and harmony, not only on this side of the veil, but on the other side. Absolutely. And I think that being able to tune into the other mm-hmm. side, we're going to see the futility of trying to conquer and control. You know, like the beginning of the show, we were talking about, you know, William Shatner, Captain yep. Kirk going into into space. And his comments when he came back and they opened the capsule and he was talking to Jeff Bezos. And he said that how fragile Earth looked, how thin the blue blanket around Earth looked, that it was a demarcation between life and death and that earth sustains life you know that that it was so profound and you know hearing this from a 90 year old with almost a century of of living and experience to me it was very yeah. profound and i think that's the same type of impact that tuning into the other side is going to have i mean certainly it does for me on a personal level as a medium uh, but I think once this is something that can be shared globally, it to where they're, you know, look, we're not making this up. This is for real. Um, I think that it's going to have a tremendous and a very positive impact on humanity. You know, Mark, if anybody deserves a Pulitzer Prize, it's you, my friend. And as always, time goes by so fast when you're with us. Mark, take care of yourself. Keep the great work up, and uh, I look forward to the next time you and I I meet back here in the X-Zone. So until then, be safe, and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Thank you, and many blessings. And um, everyone, I'm Mark Anthony, and you're listening to the (laughs) X-Zone. Take care of yourself, my friend. Exonation. Our guest this hour has been Mark Anthony, J.D., the Psychic Explorer. His website, www.afterlifefrequency.com. Makes a lot of sense. And like I said, if anybody deserves a Pulitzer Prize, it is this man. He's one of the hardest working people when it comes to researching the paranormal and anything associated with us in order to prove its existence. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Closing time. One last call for us.